Rick Jensen on 1150 AM, 101.7 FM, WDEL. As you heard on WDEL News, last Saturday and Monday, you had three, 400 people protesting against mandatory vaccines at Christiana Care. Talked to some people who were there, and they estimate the vast majority of them are indeed Christiana Care employees and their families as well. So, really, the question is, what changed and why? On the phone right now is Dr. Marcy Dries. Dr. Dries is the Chief Infection Prevention Officer and Hospital Epidemiologist for Christiana Care. She also chairs the Education Committee of the Society for Healthcare Epidemiology of America and serves as that organization's liaison to the CDC's Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices. Board certified and on the phone right now. Dr. Dries, thanks for being on. Thank you for having me. So um, why did Christiana Care make this decision after for you know months and months and months they were not requiring employees to get vaccinated? So our goal, of course, is to keep our health system as safe as possible, and taking care of patients uh, requires a safe environment to care for them, and our, our caregivers need a safe work environment as well. And so, you know, like you said, we, we were not initially requiring vaccination, and even, you know, as recently as a month ago, we were planning a system similar to what we do for flu vaccine, where we, you know, strongly encourage it, but we do allow people to decline but really what, what changed was, you know, the imminent danger that we saw what, with what, what is happening with the Delta variant and how it's spreading across the country. Um, and it's just so highly transmissible that that really tipped the scales, you know, in our effort to balance the right to personal freedom with the right to having a safe workplace. Yeah. So, yeah. And also in December of last year, the Department of Labor issued a decision stating that employers do have the right to terminate employees if they don't get vaccinated should that employer decide that all employees need to get vaccinated. So you're following that as well, I suppose. Yes. I mean, of course, we're, you know, reviewing all legal um, requirements. We've looked at recommendations from national societies, the American Hospital Association, the American Medical Association, and many others, you know, that are supportive of this policy. So if somebody um, talks to their doctor about getting vaccinated and the doctor says, you know what, you had serious anaphylactic shock uh, last time, you have some serious problems, or you have a compromised immune system that we just don't think you should be getting the vaccine until the FDA approves it in a non-emergency setting. Um, will employees be able to work at the hospital if uh, their doctor says they shouldn't get the vaccination? So you, there's two different issues there that you raise. One yeah. is, you know, the medical, you know, there are actually very few medical contraindications to getting a vaccine, but certainly, you know, there is a, we have a process to account for those. We're not going to require someone with a history of anaphylaxis to their first dose to get their second dose. Um, you know, you mentioned immune compromise. Now that population is actually recommended to be vaccinated right. because they're unlikely, you know, the, the vaccines are safe for them. They may not respond as well, um, but they also are at very high risk of severe disease from COVID. So overall, we feel the benefit probably still outweighs um, any risk. 
the other issue you raised was the emergency use authorization versus full approval. You know, we're hopeful that full approval will be coming soon, um, you know, with it by the end of the month or early next month, at least for Pfizer, with uh, Moderna coming shortly thereafter. But even without that, you know, we know more about these vaccines um, than, you know, hundreds of millions of doses have been given, billions have been given across the, the world. We know more about these vaccines, you know, so soon after their release than we ever have known about any vaccine. So, you know, it is not a safety concern that is delaying the full FDA approval. It's really, I mean, I think at this point it's probably, you know, crossing crossing all the T's and dotting the I's yeah. and just making sure that everything is, is, you know, they don't want to be accused of rushing through the process either. So they're they're being very thorough, but we are hopeful that um, that they will be fully approved. But again, there's no doubt in our minds that they will be approved. So we felt comfortable moving forward. I presume you're a leader in uh – a thought leader in this decision-making process is that correct? Well, I mean, obviously, it was a, it was a um, it, it was not a single person's decision. It was a, right. a group of senior leaders that really decided to to move forward. So, I'm I'm wondering is Christian Care making exceptions for religious reasons, uh, and or if a doctor says that they are advising against someone for getting a vaccine right now? So we do have a process in place for to for caregivers to request exemptions, um, either on a religious basis in accordance with Title VII, or for medical reasons. And so we have you know multidisciplinary committees that are reviewing those requests. Yeah, you know what's that something really really frustrates me is people see something online and they say, oh, uh, gosh, we have over five thousand people have died from the vaccine. I'm going like, wait, 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 where did you get that? And I'm reminded that there's this VAERS, V-A-E-R-S system. And it looks like people are mischaracterizing this because it's a self-reporting system. Doctors and patient people will report this, and then the CDC will investigate this. And as I understand, and please uh, give us more information on this, but as I understand, uh, they investigate uh, what they see on this site. And the real truth is three people in the U.S. have died following the vaccine from blood clots from a very particular uh, vaccine, which is neither Pfizer nor Moderna. Could you clear this up for us, please? Correct. Yeah. So VAERS is um, is kind of like the early surveillance system. So they really encourage anyone and everyone to report any vaccine, anything that happens after a vaccine to VAERS. And it doesn't prove causation, but they want to know everything so they can look for a signal, you know, if they're starting to see any one particular event happening more than would be expected. So that's all it really is. It's an early signal detection system. Um, and like you said, they will then go in and if they start to see that, oh, we're seeing more of, of a certain thing being reported, they then go to other data sources that will look at, okay, what is the rate of this um, event and when is it happening after vaccination and how does that compare to what we would expect in, um, you know, in the population in general. You know, I mean, people have heart attacks every day, right? But, you know, you might happen to have a heart attack the day after you were vaccinated. That doesn't prove that the, that the vaccine caused the heart attack. So they try to really do that analysis. Yeah. Um, and they do it in a very thorough manner to try to figure out if there's really a, a safety signal or not. Yeah, and there's a lot of misinformation. But do you take a look at the real-world uh, efficacy of especially Pfizer and Moderna? Let's focus on those uh, mRNA vaccines right now. And it, they're well into the 90% efficacy. And I've always uh, believed, in fact, uh, from, from reading and studying, no matter what some of the politicians say and everything, that the vaccine is not going to prevent you from acquiring uh, COVID or the coronavirus. It's going to prevent you, hopefully, from having a very severe reaction where you have to be hospitalized, uh, where you have to have a ventilator, where perhaps you even die. 
and and hopefully uh, will also, if you're asymptomatic even, prevent you from spreading the virus as well. What do we do? What do we know now about those two goals of these vaccines? Uh, keeping you out of the hospital, having minor symptoms, and the second goal, uh, not spreading the contagion, um, at least as much, if at all, because you're vaccinated. Right. So, you know, the original trials that showed that 95% efficacy, you know, was based on any symptomatic COVID. But of course, those studies were done last year when it was the original strain of COVID. It wasn't any of these new variants. So as as the vaccines have been released, um, there have been a number of subsequent studies looking at how are they actually performing in the real world? Because um, often it, often they don't perform as well compared to the, the randomized controlled trials because it's a you know, different population. And, and obviously, in this case, we now have different variants um, circulating. So to date, they actually are still maintaining a pretty high efficacy. There's a little bit of variability depending on which country and which population, but it still seems that they're, you know, in the high 80s for the most part in terms of preventing, you know, symptomatic disease um, mm-hmm. in most cases. But most importantly, all of the vaccines, like you said, are, are very, very effective at preventing severe disease, hospitalization, and deaths. Um, and that's true with the Delta variant as well. Yeah. Hey, last we heard, Christiana Care is like 14,500 employees, 10,000 of whom are vaccinated at the hospital. That means 4,500 are either unvaccinated or they've sought vaccination out via pharmacy or doctor's office. Have you pinned down just how many are vaccinated versus unvaccinated yet so we know we vaccinated, like you said, about 10,000 of them. Um, and part of our process, you know, before um, the, the deadlines to be compliant is to, if, if you've been vaccinated elsewhere, mm-hmm. to let us know. And we have a process where they can upload their, a picture of their vaccine card or whatever other documentation they have, just so that we make sure that we have full information. So some people have already done that even before the new policy was announced, but we know that there are many, there are others out there that have not yet been vaccinated. So, so, so if you know, have... we're getting those in, those in every day, but we don't have a final count yet. Right. And do you expect to have a final count by September 21 when Christiana Care employees are required to have their first dose? Yes. So that would be, you know, that would be the deadline for completing that paperwork as well. And if somebody doesn't have the paperwork? So that is when they would, you know, I mean, so I guess, are you asking if they have, they come to work? Yeah, I don't have the paperwork. Then they are, they asked to stay home until they have the paperwork and then uh, perhaps they're um, fired. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, if, if people, you know, have been vaccinated, they just have lost their card or whatever. There are other ways that they can get their their vaccine records. All of these vaccines were reported into the Delaware Vaccination Registry. So I think, you know, people have plenty of time to get their records if they don't have their card. So we will certainly work with people who just don't have the documentation um, well ahead of the deadline. So it doesn't have to come to that. Dr. Dries is Chief Infection Prevention Officer and Hospital Epidemiologist at Christiana Care. And I'll bet when you got into this, you never even considered, wow, uh, we might be considering mandated vaccines uh, for employees. Or did you ever think that way? Did you ever like, I, I know that, for example, during the Bush administration, they were planning for pandemics. And then other priorities took place during the Obama and the Trump administration as well. So I'm just wondering, as you came up uh, through this uh, profession, the specialty, did you ever think that, wow, we could actually be in this position? Well, 
I don't think we necessarily realize what an impact this would this would have. You know, we've always been worried about you know the uh, you know flu a terrible flu outbreak. You know, I, I was through H1N1 in 2009. I was here at Christiana during that time. Um, it didn't obviously take the same. It hasn't had the same effect as as COVID has. So I mean, I think we always knew that something like this could happen. But living through it is a whole other other you know ball game. So yeah, I know. But um, you're yeah. the pitcher. <laughs> you know, know. Yeah. that's that's the ball game, and uh, you're you're the coach and and the pitcher. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think what's been so gratifying, though, is, you know, I don't think anyone ever expected that we would have a, a, such a highly effective and safe vaccine so soon. Um, and honestly, and the, you know, I know a lot of people are worried because it feels rushed because yeah. it, it did happen so quickly. But it, it really, you know, it was based on years and years of prior research on coronaviruses, on mRNA vaccine technology. And so, I mean, this, this technology was really developed and waiting for a situation just like this. And you know, I'm really almost- glad you brought that up because I want people to hear that from you, someone who's an epidemiologist, as opposed to me. You know, I read these things. I say, wow, you know what? Researchers have been looking at, uh, at uh, vaccines for this ever since SARS in 2003. So it's not something that's extraordinarily new. But I'm, I'm really glad that, uh, that you made that point. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, you know, I read an article that was published like three years ago that said what, you know, wouldn't these mRNA vaccines would be great in the, in the instance of a pandemic, you know, so very, you know, force, foresightful or, you know, it's the wrong word, but, um, you I know, know, very, um, yeah. you know, they they saw this coming, you know, and, and it was exactly. And plus, you know, you take away all the red tape and you pour billions of dollars into vaccine development and you can actually, you know, move things forward in a safe and effective way really quickly. You know, the the th- the phase three trials were as big or bigger as any trial for any vaccine ever. Um, so that part of it wasn't skipped, but it was all the kind of the waiting for funding and and all the other pieces that normally slow down vaccine development that sure. were able to be expedited. Uh, getting closer to home, um, are, are you personally or professionally uh, frustrated that the CDC is only reporting breakthrough cases, you know, people who have gotten vaccinated and got sick um, when they're hospitalized? Well, I don't know if frustration is the right word. I think, you know, I think the CDC is trying to balance, you know, not having overly onerous reporting requirements with having, you know, enough information. So, I mean, we would all like to have more information, but that means we all have to report in more information as well. So, and and some facilities are better able to do that than others. Yeah. I mean, Delaware is certainly reporting all breakthrough cases and only a small proportion of them are hospitalized. And I think, you know, I think we're coming to the place where, you know, we know we're not going to eliminate COVID. Um and it, and we hope that over time it will become just a, a ordinary run-of-the-mill virus that ever you know that just like other cold viruses it causes minor disease and we don't really have to shut down society for it. Um, we're not there yet. Yeah. But um, so I mean I think preventing hospitalizations and deaths with vaccine with vaccine is the most important thing. So I can I can kind of understand why CDC is focusing on that. So speaking of that, uh, right now there's 95 hospitalizations in the state, and this number uh, obviously changes day to day. But uh, of these 95, how many are in Christiana Care hospitals, and what's the average age of the patients you're seeing come in with coronavirus symptoms right now? So I don't have that information. I mean, given the size of Christiana Hospital, um, I would expect that a good portion of the, those 95 are here in our hospital today. Um, but I don't have the, the age breakdown uh, for them. I think, you know, nationally what we're seeing is younger and younger people because they are the ones that are rem- remaining mostly unvaccinated. 
are being affected. And I think, you know, sometimes the younger people feel like, well, because I'm 20 or 25, I'm not going to get that sick. Um, and unfortunately, that's not always the case. You know, COVID can be very random. And even yeah. if you're young and healthy and have no no other issues, you can get really sick and even die from this virus. Well, how severe are these cases here then? So, I mean, I think that it's very variable. You know, we're still seeing people with mild and asymptomatic disease, um, especially if they've been vaccinated, but, um, you know, even if not. But, you know, that, I think that's the thing that's so unpredictable is that, you know, again, like we've seen older, you know, less healthy people, you know, sail through with minor disease, and we've seen young, healthy people get really, really sick. So and that's important just, for people to know that just, that does happen. Yeah, yeah, people need to know. Um, getting back to Christiana Care, uh, we've got word that 150 Christiana Care employees have resigned or left their positions uh, because of the vaccine mandate. Is that uh, an accurate number? So I'm the epidemiologist. I can't really comment on any of the, the HR um, concerns. Okay, that's that's fair enough. Um, and even with that in mind, uh, you had a $10,000 signing bonus campaign. Um, was that successful? Yeah, again, I can't really speak to that. Right. What about testing requirements? Uh, we're seeing, for example, um, in some areas, you have to get a vaccine or you have to be uh, tested. Obviously, Christiana Care is mandating the vaccine. Are there also testing requirements? So, I mean, we we know that vaccination is a much more effective prevention strategy than testing, you know, because testing, you know, is only as good as the day that you're tested. So if I'm tested today I'm, it's, and I'm negative, I'm probably not infected, but I could be positive tomorrow. And then how many people could I potentially infect before the next time I'm tested, you know, mm-hmm. in a week or two weeks or whatever the case may be. So we did not feel like that was going to be an effective testing strategy or a, a prevention strategy. So you know, we're really focused on getting as many people as, as who are eligible vaccinated. You know, I always felt like getting the vaccine is a golden ticket. You know, I'm um, not going to get it, not going to give it, at least not, not seriously and all that. What else do we need to know? Uh, what else do scientists need to find out? Let me put it that way. What else do scientists need to know uh, and need to find out regarding uh, people who are vaccinated transmitting this to others? So I think, you know, there definitely is still more to learn about that. Um, you know, earlier studies suggested that people who were vaccinated had much lower viral loads um, if they did become infected than people who were unvaccinated. Um, the study re- that was recently published out of Provincetown, Massachusetts, suggests that maybe they're similar. But I think there are other studies that suggest that, you know, even if your initial viral load might be similar, people who are vaccinated clear their virus much more quickly so they don't stay as contagious as long yeah that, that I think certainly the, makes that makes sense because your your immune system has already been primed ahead of time so it doesn't take as long to develop your antibodies i think the problem and, and with provincetown is is a very small sample like 127 people or something like that and um, yeah but you would look at the, the entire uh, state of massachusetts like you know less than two tenths of, of a percent of vaccinated massachusetts residents were confirmed breakthrough. So yeah, the more right. needs to be done. Right. Um, and even, you know, even in that setting, you know, out of the five, four to 500 people that were found positive in that outbreak, you know, 75% of them were vaccinated, mm-hmm. but I think they tested something like 6,000 people. So it still showed that the vaccines were very effective in a setting where there was a lot of, you know, close personal contact, no mask wearing or little mask wearing and, and you know, a, a high risk um, the vaccines still actually perform very well. So if you happen to be in, a, in a, a building in downtown Wilmington and we're going down the elevator and there's five people in there wearing masks <laughs> and someone says, uh, what should I know about the vaccines? Now you get about 12 seconds before you get down to, uh, to the bottom floor. You know, what's your elevator speech for the vaccines for everybody? 
So that they're, they are absolutely, they're safe, they're effective, and everyone should get vaccinated as soon as possible. There you go. Um, uh, we really need to prevent the next, the next variant that might be even worse from emerging. Dr. Marcy Dries, a chief infection prevention officer and hospital epidemiologist for Christiana Care. I really enjoyed this conversation, I, and I mean that sincerely, and I certainly hope that uh, you'll agree to be on it again and we can talk about this because it's not over. So I hope yeah. we can do this again sometime. I would like to. Thank you. Yeah, you did a great job. Thanks so much. I uh, appreciate that. Uh, if uh, you're going to take, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Talk or text 302-529-1017. Hang on. More with Rick Jensen is just ahead on 1150 AM, 1017 FM, WDEL. 